1: At LuckyLandSlots.com
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody, welcome to Coach Unplug. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, before we jump in, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I, I think I've said, I, I think I've gotten it down to about 18 seconds. I can take that thing down. It's unbelievable. We got the new one still playing with it. It's unbelievable. I love the little the little um clip on to your shirt that you can kind of run the machine from. It's awesome. My son loves that one. Um, mentioned coach unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Also go over and check out teach for coaches who want to get better. If you're, if you're sick of zoom calls, if you're sick of, you know, diving everywhere and looking for what you need, our roadmap will help you become a better basketball coach. Um, there's lots of great resources out there, but a lot of them are run by people that are college coaches or. Do not, aren't in like, aren't teaching stats all day and then jump into the gym and have to deal with the everyday things 24 7 that a high school coach or a youth coach has to deal with. So come over, let me help you become a better basketball coach, teach Let's head off to the podcast.
0: You know, you hate to do it because you've just fired your kids up for the game, but um, you don't want, you, you get down nine to two, you don't want to let that run to 16 to. You know, you got to put a stop to that. So sometimes you got to call the early timeout. Also, uh, another thing is, and I know I get a hard time from my coaching colleagues about this, but I don't mind going home with one timeout in my pocket. But I'm not going to go home with more. So at the end of the game, like this year, we'd have all those games that were decided in the last couple seconds. You know, the coach would call a timeout to uh, set up a play. If I got two timeouts, I'm going to take a look at what he sets up and see if I can recognize what he's calling and, and call a timeout. Right. And it, and it kind of freezes the team. It also gives you a chance to realign your players. And I had one game where, where you must have a last-second shot, and I went home with two timeouts that night. And I wish that – I mean, you always want to have at least one for your last-second shot, but I wish that I would have burned one because uh, when he was setting up the play, I kind of thought I knew what it was, and I saw it transpire. And it's like, yeah. So, I, I learn, you learn by mistakes. That's when I was younger. I wouldn't make those mistakes again. But uh, but but also, guys, if if you're and and women too, there's great women coaches and as well. All the the coaches out there, you're never gonna coach a perfect game. It's <laughs> like the players are never gonna play a perfect game. When we played, we never played a perfect game. You're never gonna coach a perfect game. And believe me, there's always going to be people at the game that are going to tell you about what you didn't do that,
1: that always, made impossible. There's Always a lot of people, though. Yeah, <laughs>
0: people, yeah, but so, so hold yourself to a high standard, but you got to give yourself some slack. Yeah, you're going to feel bad if you if you go back and you think, well, I thought I'd done this or that. These kids could have won, and, and you know, you take it, you take it hard sometimes. But overall, I I think you got to let those things go because overall, you're going to do a lot more good than bad in your career, and you never do anything bad on purpose. I
1: I got a great I got a great story about that because there's always for the young there's always going to be someone that thinks you're doing it wrong. I'm telling you, and I've won a state semifinal game, (laughs) practicing the Saturday morning of the state finals, and had a parent call me and ask why her son did not play (laughs) the night before. I'm yep. not kidding. I can't make yep. that stuff up. I go, yep. I'm, I'm sitting there going, we're in the state finals in six hours, and you're calling me to ask me why your son didn't play. So I, I told her. It's, um, I'm sure she wasn't very I, happy about it. But.
0: I had that same call the night after we won the conference championship game. It came in the last game of the season. We won by three points, and I got the call the next day about why her kid didn't play more. But – the thing that coaches have, coaches have to have a thick skin. Yes. Do the right thing for the kids. And what, what I learned from that is I need to talk to the parents earlier throughout the season. So I get to know the parents really early on now. Yeah. yeah. So that they, they know when their son doesn't play, they know it's not personal. Because right. if they don't know us, they sometimes take it as a personal thing. It really is. And it
1: isn't a personal thing. And I've had this conversation. I said, I want to win as much as your son wants to win. And I can't play 15 of them. So I right. have to pick the five that I think are going to help us win. It has nothing to do with six, seven, eight. It's just that, it's just, you know, you have, somebody has to make the choice.
2: And I right. told him,
1: I said, someone else might have made the totally different choice than me sitting on that bench. I'm not arguing that with you. I'm just telling you, I'm running the ship at this point and I'm right. only picking. You know, and is, you're
0: basing your decisions on what you've seen in the past. And, right, and you're right. also basing your decisions on matchups on the floor and chemistry among your team and stuff like that. Well, but, I,
1: Jake but, this. I haven't always started my
2: best five basketball. No, basketball.
1: we haven't either. We no, haven't no, no.
2: either. Actually, we we had a kid this year who got in foul trouble all the time, so he never started. And he was an amazing player. amazing.
1: Hey, so what's your theory? This isn't even on the script either. What's your theory on two fouls early?
2: Uh, uh,
0: you, we get them out. You do. We, we get them okay. out. Uh, it, you know, if you're coaching – back when I was coaching high school, it was the one foul more than the quarter rule. So if they picked up their first foul, they could stay in. If they pick up their second foul in the first quarter, they had to come out. Then they could go back in the second quarter. But if they picked up the third foul in the second quarter, then they were out to the next quarter. So it was always one more. So third quarter – they could play until they get their fourth. Then in the fourth quarter, they could they could play it. I think that's kind of the way that we do it. Okay. Um, you, you know what's strange though is sometimes you get those two early fouls and you put the kid on the bench. You lose them. You back in. You don't get another foul the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, you never know. It's the
1: math teacher in both of us. I think it's a little bit of okay. And and God, I mean, it happened to me in the when, two years ago at State sent. I pulled Jake out and he had two fouls and he didn't. It's like God. Should I have left him in? Um, you know, sometimes they lose their rhythm too. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, so was, yeah. yeah. On this kind of like, are you are you benching your own guy by getting two fouls in the first three minutes, um, or are you? I mean, it's just I don't know. It's the it's the variable. All those variables that are just messing with my mind on that. I think because I've always been like the Poe Ryan thing. You get two, you sit. Next yep. man up. Um, especially early in the season because it allows me to develop my bench
0: <laughs> um, right
1: so that's why I force myself to do it early um just because okay you got two fouls sit next guy so then I'm figuring out who can play and who can't play on that bench it's forcing me to go to six through 10 or six but through 12. I, Steve, yep. I
2: think you bring up a good point the importance of having changing defenses allows that to be able to do that once in a while if a player does get two fouls right you know, a lot of people In the coaching world, they get so caught up when there's guys in our conference that we've we've asked questions. Why do you only play man-to-man defense? You know, you might get in situations where you got to play that guy with two fouls. And if you have a zone in your back pocket or a different type of defense, you can be able to do that. And so I think that is also important, too, when talking about the foul game, is what do you have in your back pocket in regards to defense and how can you hide that player or be able to do things you can allow him to still be in the game without getting his third foul?
1: Right. I think that's good. I think and I think that's something for all the coaches listening to really think about. And this is this is the stuff you think about when you're running or you're driving home from work or you're you know walking the dog or whatever you're doing. You, you got to start working through this stuff right. um, in your head. And the, a lot of young coaches, they, they don't think about it. And then they get into the situation and they haven't processed it. They haven't processed the am I going to foul up, you know, three. Right. Am I not going to, you should, all that stuff needs to be taken out of the variable of, and again, it's the stats teacher me, it needs to be taken out of the variable of the um, adrenaline of the time, you know, the energy that you have when you're actually sitting there. You have to have thought about that beforehand.
0: There's a lot of decisions that you make before the game starts that you know that if this happens, you're going to do this or that. Let me ask you about this one, because I still debate this with myself and, and coaches too. What, what do you do at the end of the game when you're you're up by three and the other team has the ball? Do you let closing seconds. Do you foul? Do you try to get them I, on the field. I've way? always been the no foul guy. My
1: almost my entire career I've been the no foul guy. I, I have too, I but I think I'm, I think I'm changing because yeah. again I, I think I'm going to start fouling, and here's why: I'm going to pr- start practicing it first of all because I'm not going to do it unless I've done it a lot in practice. Right. Because my guys will literally bear hug them if I don't practice. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to yeah. have to practice it. That's the first thing. So that's the first thing I've written down that I need to do. The second thing is for everything to happen perfectly, for us to lose the game. So, so they're going to, the, the initial variables, they come down, and hit a three, and they tie it, and it's overtime. But yep. let's say we foul them. That means they got to make the first, they got to miss the second, then they got to be able to put it back in for us to lose. Um, or they follow us and we can't make a free throw. I mean, there's so many more things that have to line up for that to, to occur. And in high school, you know, high school basketball, very rarely do all those things line up perfectly.
2: I would say even in the junior college level that that is very similar because, you know, one of the reasons why some of our guys don't make it bigger right away is they don't have a very strong left hand. They can't make free throws. Right play against some of the the ripping jv teams or the the concordias and so forth we, we can notice the difference between a player that's on our team compared to a different player because they just have that that sure ability to hit free throws and they just have a little bit more skill than some right. of our guys they're a little bit more polished yeah they're more polished it's perfect yeah our guys are a little bit more raw
1: right and and that's the that's the issue i have is like that's why I'm, I'm moving more toward the fouling situation, but I haven't done it. I literally have not done it in the last couple of years because we haven't practiced it. So I'm not going to foul if we haven't practiced I'm
0: totally like you. I'm so afraid that we're going to get called for an intentional foul.
1: Right. It so back to for what those you were talking about before. There. Yeah. I think you got to really practice like literally, okay, like we're going to practice taking charges today. Nope. We're going to practice fouling today. We're going to practice. Yeah. So I got this on a little list for me. Um, Cause I tell the boys, I mean, we're down seven with a minute and a half left. We're still in this game. But we have only we're in the game if we know how to foul, we know how to come down and get a quick shot. You have to have crossed all those, you know, T's and dotted all those I's before then. All right, Jake, do you have any other questions for Coach before I go through my rapid fire? Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts, whether you're jogging, walking the dogs, walking the kids, playing at the pool, uh, go over and subscribe. Apple would be great, a five-star. If you're going to do a two-star, don't do it. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, We would also love if you went over to ttubes.com. It's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging. Um, so go over and check that out. 14 day free trial. Uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft. Come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of, um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out high school hoops, um, and teacher side gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head back to the podcast.
0: Uh, let me just ask you this. How, what's your position on the shot clock?
1: We don't have time for this. Uh, I think it's coming. I think it's definitely coming. I think we need to get rid of the jump ball first in high school basketball. I think jump ball stupid. Um, I think we need to be able to get the timeout and get the ball at half court. I think that needs to be added too. Um, the shot clock, I don't think should come to high school basketball, but I'm a realist and know it is coming. Um, I just don't think. I think high school basketball is you And Jake and I have talked about this. is just a very unique microcosm of the game and. Um, you know, if you even if you watch the state tournament this year and the boys, I mean, there's no problem with slowing the ball up. I mean, then come at me. If I if I take the air out, you know, I some people could argue some prairie shouldn't have taken the ball out and they should have been attacking. Um, for people that are from Wisconsin. Listen, I, I don't know. I mean, but that's it, that was the coach's choice at that point. So shot clock, he doesn't have a choice. Um so I think that's a lot of it, um, but I think it's coming. I think expense and the ability to run it is my concern. Yeah, Officials have a really hard time as it
2: is. Um, and we won our first conference championship since 1979. Uh, coach Murphy, if you were to tell other coaches, what is the number one thing that you think as a coach was the reason why we got to that place by the end of the season? What was that? If you could pick that one thing that really – really got us to where we wanted to at that last game against Sheboygan and winning the state championship what do you think was the key X factor uh, there were so many right or maybe you want to touch on a couple of those um, things that you know what, what do you think was the top one I, I think it was uh, I think a couple things is that we recruited on characters we had high that's what I was kids. gonna th- say first um, yeah. I think that's so important um, you know I'm reading Jay Wright's book right now It oh, was really good. Great read. Um, Jay Wright really brings a high school atmosphere to the collegiate level. Um, I think character is something that continually needs to be embedded in a program. I think that was huge for us. Another thing was just uh, encouraging energy. Energy was great this year. Um, but I was just wondering from your standpoint. I totally be- agree.
0: and the, the, the first thing that popped into my mind was the, the character integrity. Because we, we get to recruit. In, in high school – you, you take the guys that, that you have and you try to develop integrity and character with right. the guy. You know, and a lot of people say it, you know, it doesn't develop it as much as it reveals it. But, you know, there's different ways of thinking there. But in college, we get a choice of who we're going to recruit. And we recruit guys. For characters comes first for us above uh, ability and talent because right. you're going to be able to blend the guys together better if they got good character. A right. bunch of individuals who are very talented but don't have the, the chemistry, they're not going to play well together. And right. with the integrity, <clears throat> we also got good grades. Our guys had incredibly high grades this year. Right. Half the team made the uh, academic all-conference team. So they, they, they're, ta- they're taking their, their sports seriously. Um, I totally agree about the high energy. That was something we stressed, especially toward the end of the year, because guys can start to – lose their energy. I got to tell you this. This is kind of crazy, but, you know, at the end of the year, we all tend to shorten our practices. Uh, You know, no matter what level you're coaching, you tend to shorten your practice a little bit to save on the kids' legs and their bodies. So we usually practice hard, 4 to 6. We go 4 to 6 hard. But at the end of the year, we went 4 to 5.30. Right. So we let the kids out of 5.30. Do you know that almost all the kids would stay an extra hour just to keep working? So. (laughs) So, we, we so that,
2: that so, comes down to, you know, creating a culture of also we were a family. We did a lot of things together. So uh, this is just it's not a thing to put in there but people that are Teach Hoops members. That's the importance of being a member just because there's so much more to being a basketball coach than X's and O's. And there our project this year is a complete factor of that because we have – had great basketball players, but we had such good kids. Our kids would come visit my fifth graders down down in Milwaukee. They were mentors and great kids. You know, we, and great kids bring great parents. I mean it just just the overall thing. There's so much more to the game of basketball than running the best. There's just so much that you have to really put in consideration. Right. And, it, and it's
1: all those variables. It's the, it's the again, the math teacher. It's all, like you and I have talked about this a, a, a hundred times about how it's just all that different stuff that, you know, it's the making of the soup. It's throwing all that stuff in. If it doesn't mix right, it's not going to taste very good. Um, and it's, what, yes. What
0: coaches have to realize too, though, is don't, don't judge your season by wins and losses. You can have a great season. In fact, some of your best coaching years, some of the years that you do your best coaching – is when you don't have the most talented team to work with and you're just trying to be competitive and you're yeah. you're having to have the kids in the right place at the right time and and do a lot of little things just to be competitive and working really hard and you might not even go five hundred that year.
1: Yep. Right? I told people we, we yeah, are in a profession good. where it's it's quantitative rather than qualitative and it's flip flopped. And if you want to win it's got to be qualitative rather than quantitative. People judge us on our records. Which is what they shouldn't judge us on. They should judge us on how our kids act, how they how their grades, how they're in the community, all that kind of stuff. Um, and,
0: and that's one of the things we were really proud of. We had our guys went around the community and and uh, they they did a good job in the classroom. But um, what, one thing I, th- I think it's really important for coaches to stress to their kids because the kids don't always realize this. A lot of times when the kids win, they feel like they did everything right, and when they lose, they feel like they did everything wrong, or at least that's the way they they right. seem to. No, As coaches, we have to emphasize, hey, when you win the game, that doesn't mean you did everything right. And when you lose the game, it doesn't mean you did everything wrong. And Lombardi's strategy was always to go the opposite. He would be harder on the guys when they were winning and and less hard on the guys when they were losing. Uh, With us, we do the same thing. And it's important that the the kids realize that you can learn a lot from a loss. And if you lost, hey, you still had fun playing the game. And you can learn things from it. I think one of the most important things for us was losing the game right before Christmas. We were we were rolling along undefeated. I think we're we were winning all the close games. That particular week I think we had won Monday and Wednesday in the last minute. Yep. And and we're we're thinking, you know, it just it just everything's going our way. And then we came in and we played the Ripon J V team at their place on a Friday. Beautiful facility by the way. Right. And they thumped us by fourteen and it, it kind of grounded everyone and it happened right before christmas so we had a good week and a half to think about it and we were a we were a new team coming out after that loss uh and went undefeated the rest of the way but but they they learned the right way and yeah. and not to point fingers what when you're when you're a coach don't let the kids point fingers at each other um and and don't point fingers at the kids you can point them at yourself i, I want to say hey if we if we lose a game I, I'll take the responsibility. Right. It's fine. I didn't have you ready to play. That's my bad. Right. Uh, when they win, hey, you know, go share it with, with everyone. Yep.
1: And I'm telling you, a lot of the times we've had really six – we can all point back to that one loss, that loss yeah. where yep. it, it just switched. There was a team meeting. There was like a, oh, my gosh. We, you know, they, 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 they're, they're teenage – for us, they're teenage boys. The teenage boys feel invincible. That's why they do stupid things sometimes. Um, Exactly. And it is. It's it's the psychology behind it. And it's like, so all of a sudden they've won eight. You know, they're just feeling great about themselves. Well, the other team's coming to kick your butt. So it doesn't matter. It's like they're working just as hard as you are. All right. All right. Here we go, Coach. I'm going to do my rapid fire. Okay. And then I'm going to go take my dog for a walk. You're you're not
0: going to ask me what... What kind of underwear I have or anything no, like that? No, I'm not. This
1: is all <laughs> basketball related. This is all basketball related. I'm, uh, briefs. Briefs or boxers? No, I'm not going to ask you that.
2: <laughs> but
1: that good. I should ask Rick that. That would have been good. Um, yeah, it would have uh, been a three-hour conversation. Here's why you should wear boxers. No. Um, <laughs> all right. What's your favorite type of basketball, brand of basketball?
0: I would say the evolution, we have it this year. It's a good basketball. And who makes the evolution? Is that Nike? Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Wilson evolution. The thing I like about it is they last. Give yeah. it a try, guys. We we were Spalding T- guys. Yeah, T- forever. Forever, and they just didn't last. The evolutions we have, they still f- seem good as new. That's the Illinois State ball now. We had it's six evolution.
2: guys. Yeah, uh, we had six yep. guys on our team that were from Illinois, and uh, they just like the ball better and really our guys love it. You know, the ball. it it's a great basketball. It's got a good it, grip. It, it's, it's, it's high quality. Yep. Um, I'm not it's durable. the way that right. TF it,
1: I'll put that in. I'll put that, I'll put that a link for that in the show notes. Can we get some sponsorship
0: that. fee for saying that?
1: No, <laughs> you don't. I wish you did. That's <laughs> good. I use it. The only reason I use folding is because in the state, it's a state ball. It's a right. state ball. I mean, I'm not right. going to, I'm not going to yeah. play with what we're not going to use in the most important game exactly. we've played all year. So, yeah. um, one word to describe your ideal player.
0: Uh, character. Okay.
1: Uh, one sporting event you could go to in the world.
0: Um, any
1: Packer any, game. Any Packer game. Ooh, you're the first Packer person. That's good. All right. Favorite pregame meal. That would have to be Subway. <laughs> Subway
0: for players and coaches. Really? pregame meal ever. Yep.
1: Okay. Um, one, one thing you do to relax.
0: I haven't figured that one out yet, Steve. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm telling you. So here's what I do. So this is, and people that are listening to this or watching this, listen to podcasts. I go for walks on my with my dog with okay. a little black book, and I listen to podcasts. And then my mind, I, I it's relaxing because I'm walking the dog and seeing different scenery. But then it's something. I'm just listening. It's like I'm all those worries of the tests I got to grade. Doing- it's it, it and once in a while in the summer i'll run and stuff a little bit but it's more just about it, it's getting outside i think the outside is the key and i even do it in the fall and the winter when i can um but it's just all something just happens to my body i don't know what it is because trust me i'm as i'm as intense as anybody but the walk is like Oh, it's just like I'm outside, I'm seeing the, you know, the, especially this time of year is great. Um
0: don't you don't you think that teaching also is a is a great help too? Because when we're teaching, we're we're totally focused on that and it totally gets our mind off of basketball. Oh
1: yeah. Other than when I see yeah. my players in class, I'm thinking about it. But the, yeah. what, what people don't realize about the teaching profession is you are basically as soon as you walk into that school, you are on unless you're yes. in the bathroom until you walk out. Like there's no off switch. There's no going yeah. hiding in your office. You are on all the time and the kids want your attention, even the high school kids. So sure. like, you know, yeah, I tell the kids like right after lunch is like Mr. Collins time. Don't bother me. I'm going to eat my <laughs> lunch. I need 30 minutes. Otherwise we're it's it's we're always going. It's
0: You're exactly right.
1: Yeah, I don't think people outside you their profession glasses. realize that. Yeah um coaching doing fifth grade I don't know how you do fifth grade
0: yeah he's amazing he's Bless. amazing with those kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um all right um best player you've ever seen in person
0: wow I actually saw Michael Jordan in person and I've seen LeBron James in person and boy I tell you what I don't want to get in the debate of who is better they're both amazing okay, well that's, the,
1: that's the next question best player of all time
0: um you know, I'm going to go back to my childhood. and To me, it was Oscar Robertson, the guy that averaged triple-double back in the day, the big O, bringing home the championship for the Bucks in 71. That was with El Cinder uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's what my high
1: school coach said. My high school, he, school coach he's said. He's
0: the man. Yep. Oscar was the man.
1: Big O. All right. Um,
0: one thing that helped you become a better coach? Um, I, I think what helped me become a better coach was – actually going to other coaches and talking to them, going to better, and I think that helped you become a better teacher, too. When I first started out, I went and talked to teachers and coaches about the profession, and I tried to listen to all the things that they said so that I, I could learn from them rather than, I, I didn't want to learn on the job. You know, you, you don't, you don't want to be that guy that's learning on the job. You want to know what you're doing and I think when I being younger, I learned a lot from other people and, and guys that are younger coaches and teachers. They go ask them; they're more than willing to help you. They were an invaluable resource for me when I was starting out my
1: career. Yep, and I think this is—I think this is for everybody that's listening. It doesn't matter if you're a coach or you're out of coaching at this point. I'm telling you, when you're young, people want to help you. People want to yes. teach you yep. things. So yep. in your in your right. team. In your 20s, if you go ask, if let's say someone's here and wants to talk to Brad Stevens, if you get a hold of him somehow and somehow get in his face, he is more likely to help a 22 year old that wants to just learn something than me. Because people, I mean, it's a societal thing. Yeah, people want to help young people. You know, that's what use your 20s for that. Use your 20s to learn things and ask people questions. It doesn't matter if you want to be a carpenter, you want to be a basketball coach, you want to be a math teacher. People want to help people that are young and trying to learn something. That's human nature. It's like I I, I don't remember what book I read that in, but it's like it's so true. It's like I've I have a former student who learned how to do the movi, which is this kind of camera. He went out. He went out, and he's basically the movi guy. He's working on all these huge movies because he went out there and he wanted to learn things and people taught him, and now he's the guy. And he's like 24, you know, and he's like on all these big movies. Um, so that's – I mean, I think that's huge for coaches um, or, or teachers or anything. If you, if you want to get good, you got to ask. Um, all right, best game you've seen in person?
0: Wow. Uh, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of good games in person, but I would – you know, I'm going to go with a high school game. It, it was the day that Sam Decker hit the three-point shot at the buzzer to win the state championship. I was right behind the basket when that happened, and that last minute ten seconds of basketball was just something I've never seen before and never seen since. That to me, that was the the ultimate basketball game that I that I've ever seen.
1: It was ever. good. Ours was better, but I'll, I'll <laughs> give you I'll give you that one. I'll send you the link for a triple overtime win right. in 2011. Was Everybody that. says Decker. But he was playing Division 5 against guys that were 12 inches shorter. than. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sam, if you're listening, but it's true. So I'll give you ours where we basically – it's crazy. I'll send you a link at some point. I'll put a link in the show notes. So anybody that's listening to this, 2011 state championship game, crazy. I had to come home and watch it. I don't even know how how it happened. Um, Best basketball coach of
0: all time. John Wooden. Got to be the Wizard of Westwood. The guy was amazing, a character first kind of guy. You, you know, when I was younger growing up, I respected him as a coach and thought he was an amazing coach. And then I learned how amazing of a player he was. He was he was an All-American. He was right. quite the player at yeah, Purdue. People don't like, people
1: understand some of these. Like Coach K was a great player. Bobby Knight they, was a great yeah, player. Exactly. Um, he was like the sixth man on that Ohio State team. Um, great. What's one book you'd recommend someone read?
0: Oh gosh, the book that Coach was talking about Jay is Jay Wright one. That's that's pretty good. Um, I the last book that I read though was I read 1776 last summer, and uh, you know I, 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 that was a that was an amazing book and an amazing year in our country's history and how things could have turned uh, in different directions. It was pretty interesting, but but yeah, I think Jay Wright one. I, you know you like to stay current with uh, with your books. Every once in a while, I like to haul out an old basketball book and read it right. and, uh, and and think about how things have changed because, you know, I've been coaching for so many years. And-,
1: and I tell people, you all have time to read. Like, I, you, I yeah. people, you can see all the books I have. And I don't read these anymore because I'll fall asleep. I'm old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've read them all, but I don't. So, th- that's the great thing about Audible. And if you find a book, you can do it in your commute. You can do it while you're walking your dog. You can do it while you're exercising. Yep. You don't necessarily have to sit down and read it anymore. We all basically carry around audiobooks with us 24-7. So you can do it. If you want to listen or read a book, you can. Um, All right, one thing you tell a young coach. I think we've kind of hit on this already a little
0: bit. We've hit on a lot of things. The one thing that we haven't hit on, though, is that don't don't let what other people say bring you down. Because there's always going to be people out there that are going to disagree with your decision or, or they're, they're, you know, maybe they're going to want somebody else to be the coach or they're, you know, you, you, you can't win. I mean, you look what happened to the coach for the Raptors, the guy's coach of the year and he loses a job because they lose four games of playoffs. You know, it, you're going to be, you're good. Your performance is going to be based on your last game, just like everybody else's. And even then, if, if your last game was a win, but you didn't win, right. You know, um, are you didn't play
1: the right? We lost by like like 20 in my last game. (laughs) Holy crap.
0: (laughs) You you know what I've no. maybe you've noticed this too, coach. As a player, and I think as a coach too, in your last game, most teams wind up losing their last game because they're in a tournament. Right. It's harder to take when you lose an overtime game or when you lose by one or two Mm -hmm. than it is when you lose by 15. Oh, we got killed. I mean, we, we, yeah. we
1: didn't, we, there was no, I told the boys, there was no alternate universe we were going to yeah. win this game. So it's like, what are you going to do? It's worse when you lose that last second shot. Oh, it's, oh, t- yeah. it's, terrible. yeah. I yeah. should have done this. I should have done this. We should have run this. I should have pulled the, yeah. Oh yeah. It's so, it's I, so
0: I would say this for the younger coaches that have a long career uh, along the way. I've seen a lot of good coaches, a lot of good coaches that are no longer coaching. And I think they just got tired of putting up with the things that we had to put up with as coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say persevere through that. You, use your passion and your love for the sport and your love for helping kids and the younger generation to to uh, make them make their lives better. Uh, and and do keep doing your job. Do your right. job. I think you
1: hit on something earlier, though, coach. That. That the, the most of the breakdown, and I, and I and this is from someone that's done this really long time, is lack of communication. Parents are not be happy with your decision, but if you're communicating it to them, there there the, it closes the window of things that they can complain about. Like
0: right. far, make, make the parents yeah. a part of the process. yes, the, yes. the parents the parents are the ultimate teachers. Okay, we right. we teach. The kids, we, you and I teach kids they teach them in fifth grade, we'll teach your kids, we'll educate them with the standards that they're supposed to learn, but ultimately the parents are the, the biggest teachers and we need to include them in the process and just like we would in a classroom with keeping them informed, we need to keep right. them informed in basketball. It's important for the, the younger coaches to know that we're always going to be fighting a little bit of a battle because when you become a head coach, your top priority is your program. Right. Your second priority is your team, and your third priority is each individual, whereas the parent might be totally the opposite. They might have the individual first, team second, and the program might be last. So we're always going to be fighting that battle yep, uh, with them. But I think it's important to get to know the parents. Parents are actually really good people. They really right. are. And, right. I mean, they've raised good kids. Right. And. and it's just the misunderstandings usually are from communication, and, and occasionally you're not gonna you're not gonna win. Don't argue right. with them; you're not yep. gonna win.
1: You're not gonna deal, and you're not gonna be rational with an irrational person. Right? Exactly. Literally, someone told me that. It's like that that yeah. that made my world so much better. It's like sometimes <laughs> they just need to vent. Sometimes they just need to hear. As long as they're in the loop, and you, and you're communicating yeah. your rules, and here's why I'm doing this, and you might not disagree with it. But there's a lot of life lessons to be taught to your to your son and daughter at this point. And and that's what we're here to do. We're here to teach them lessons about life in, in relation to basketball. Exactly. Hi right, coach, thank you very much. I am going thank you. to Jake. Yep, hold on one second. So, yep. so Jake, right. I'm gonna have you send me all the information because I'll put all coaches and your contact information in the show notes. Okay. Um so someone someone's listening to this in five years when I'm retired drinking a martini <laughs> on a beach in Florida that They'll still be able to contact you guys. I um, will right, we'll
2: put. A, I'll give you our emails and that type of thing. We'll, and you can put it on the notes. for any questions about our? our, our and season. if anybody's
1: looking for a specific type of player, what kind of? What kind of? What are you looking for? Somebody that's about six eight, wingspan of like seven two. That would be awesome.
0: Uh, anything <laughs> six three and taller is a big guy around here.
1: Yeah, that's what we want. Uh, they can shoot the ball. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Thank Hey, everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also, go over and check out com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?